Welcome to Below the Line, where we talk about working in Hollywood from the crew perspective. My name is Skid. I'm a former assistant director and your host. Today, we're talking about Quasi, a lighthearted comedy from the Broken Lizard comedy troupe currently streaming on Hulu. And my guests are the hair and makeup department heads, Lorna Reed and Amy Sparks. Lorna, you are the lead for hair. Welcome. Thank you very much, Skid, for having us. And Amy, you oversaw the makeup department. Yes, I did. Thank you for interviewing us. Glad to have you both on the show. A warning for listeners, today's conversation may contain spoilers, so be advised. To set a little context, the Broken Lizard comedy troupe, I know them from Super Troopers back in 2001, and they've done a lot of work since. You both worked with some of the main characters on Tacoma FD, is that correct? Yeah, we both met... Um... Kevin and Steve and some of the other guys from Broken Lizard because they do come on to Tacoma FD. I believe it was back in 2019, right, Amy? Yeah. Or 18. 18? Maybe 18. I'm not sure. Time flies when you're having fun with the Broken Lizards. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we met them back then and we've been with them for, you know, all the seasons of Tacoma now, which hopefully Tacoma FD will be airing soon. And then we were lucky enough to work on Quasi with them. Now, they haven't done a feature-length film in some time. When you were working with them, what sort of conversations were there about this and how did Quasi come together? I remember just doing Steve and Kevin's makeup in my chair. I get a lot of face-to-face time talking with them. It's where I find out all the deets. And they mentioned that there was a script that they had written over 20 years ago one of their first scripts and that searchlight was interested in it and you know they were getting all of the guys together to be able to to possibly shoot the film and of course you know you never believe it until they invite you but then i was just hoping and praying that they would want us to go on and and do the movie and we were told it was medieval and you know there was different characters that each of the actors play so we kind of I kind of got a little bit of a, a knowledge of it but it's not until you read the script that you really understand what what, what our undertaking was do you know about for hair and makeup in terms of scale is it much larger than Tacoma FD for example as far as what they were able to bring together around the film and so to sort of get a sense of what the transition was like working with them in a tv setting versus this movie well you know these guys they like to keep crew and everybody like family. So as far as transitioning, you know, we were working with all of our same people. We were working with all of our same friends. We even saw some of the same background, you know, that came. But I mean, obviously it's a movie in the elements that is medieval with a very tiny budget. (laughs) You know, you want to be accurate to the period. So the transition it was great, obviously, but it was it was hard because, you know, it was something that I hadn't I I come from doing movies, but indie features like quasi. Well, this wasn't as indie as it could have been, but I hadn't done one in a long time. So I had been in the TV world and TV is very, um, you know, we go to the same studio every day. We're in the same trailer every day. We had to, like, you know, work with elements out there at. Uh, Blue Cloud. It was a ranch out in Santa Clarita, which I always used to joke with Kevin every day. I'm like, what are we going to get for wrap gifts? Are we going to get new suspensions on our car? (laughs) Because going up to Blue Cloud is like you literally lose 
everything out of the engine and you know no I think that you know with Tacoma you have 13 to 14 episodes so you're breaking down a different script every week basically and prepping for the next week while shooting the current episode so with one script for me it was just like all hands-on in terms of breaking down everything and the characters in some ways it was obviously a little bit easier because you have more time for these characters but at the same time we had limited amount of prep time with I think a big undertaking because we had so many characters and the medieval and just you know getting all the the ducks in line with all the you know broken lizard guys you know they all have specific things that they want out of their characters so it was just different but the same kind of you know because you're working with the same people so it sort of felt the same but definitely a different scale than Tacoma. I will add one thing is that um, obviously we were dealing with COVID times. And so this now a lot of films were asking everybody to be triple vaccinated. And so it was really difficult to find crew and people that could come work. And it was very busy in the industry at that time. So it was hard to get the people that you loved to work with, in, especially in my department. I was I was down. So it was a little rough. We'll talk about that. <laughs> and you guys brought up budget and, you know, there's this medieval setting, both of which would be challenges under any circumstances. But this film has another element that I think is really important for hair and makeup. And that is at the five main actors, they play multiple characters. And so certainly their hair and makeup is a big part of distinguishing one character from another. And I'm curious about that process of, designing that as you alluded to Amy as well they all have their own ideas about what the character should be what kind of extra work that's involved you know you have to start with the fact that we shot this film in 30 days so you're doing a lot of you're doing more scenes you probably would normally do in one day and if you have let's say five of the characters playing in their one look you literally have to have their doubles playing so not only do you have the five characters but but you have doubles of them playing against, depending on the scene. And then after one scene, Lord and I and our team were out changing people over on set because our director, Kevin, he was playing two different characters opposite of each other quite often. And he didn't have a lot of time to come back to the trailer. So you were you were working and you were moving and you were just prepping like, okay, do we have everything when we leave the trailer? Because we have to change over people on set. So in terms of that, I mean, collaborating with the boys or the guys to find out their characters, I mean, they were they allowed us to have a lot of freedom and bring a lot of information to the table and say, this is what we're thinking. What do you think out of these three looks? What are you leaning towards? But I think they trust us to know that in the end that they're going to get what they want. And it just was a collaborative process through everybody. Obviously, Kevin has the ultimate decision because he's the director but he really allowed Laura and I to have creative you know say in what we were putting out there but to emphasize on that Kevin Heffernan is not only directing the film but playing not one but two actors in the same scene it sounds like a recipe for chaos quite frankly but the relationships you guys brought in you also sound like you navigated it successfully yeah and with the help of one of those big camping wheelie carts. <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> because the trailers were very far away from a lot of the sets. There was a lot of mud at times because we had heavy rains. 
lots of sand. And as I said before, very, very bumpy. So when we would leave the trailer to go to the set, like Amy was saying, we had to make sure that we had everything prepped and ready to go in those carts that we needed for, you know, to change Kevin over or to change anybody over like on a dime. And, you know, I was joking around before, like I remember one night and Kevin, I love him so much, but he is like this, even on Tacoma. He's like, we're done that six minutes to do my hair. <laughs> For our listeners at home, that's Lorna tapping her wrists and keeping track on the time. I mean, the thing about it is, is I get it. He is doing so much on that show. He is acting, learning lines, directing, editing, you know, on Tacoma's writing, writing. And so like the joke was one night we were changing him over. I think we had to change him over from Henri Francois to Duchamp. And I had a like uh, a light in my mouth. <laughs> like I was like, I don't have any place to put like there's dirt everywhere. Like, what do I do? So you just kind of make it work. And luckily, Amy and I have a really good rapport with each other. And we've become friends over these last like four seasons. And we just make light of it all. And that really helps you get through the, you know, the frustrating times when Somebody doesn't show up for background to help you that day. And I was rushing back and forth between the background trailer and putting on wigs on people on set. You, you have that levity. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, we know we dance so well together, Lauren and I, we, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a choreographed thing that we have. So it makes it go faster, especially if you have Kevin in the chair going, are we done yet? Are we done yet? And you're literally just five minutes into your 25 minute process. So we, we made it work no matter what. I mean, this is not only our job, but we love working for these guys. So we will, you know, go out of maybe our comfort zone to make sure that it in the end, it's exactly what they want. I feel very lucky. I'm not being a kiss ass right now, but I do feel really lucky to be working with these guys because every day you walk in, you're cracking up. What job allows you that, you know, with these great, funny, hilarious, you know, people. So it's pretty great. Yeah. And I just think there's a mutual respect that they have for us and we have for them. And, you know, it's just a really good relationship. Like it's the best that I think I've ever worked with in my career. Now, I'm curious, these guys have known each other for more than 20 years, obviously get along. They keep doing these projects together and, you know, both professionally and presumably personally as well. But while Kevin is listed as the director. Is there a sense that all five of them are directing or are they very clear in their boundaries? I mean, I'm curious about that sort of chaos, even if it's producing something great, what that's like to work with on set. In my opinion, I feel that they are very respectful. Like Kevin is the director and they might have their opinions and they might bring it to them. I'm not, obviously I'm not always privy to that, but I think in the end, not only on Quasi, but on Tacoma, especially like, so often on Tacoma, it's like Steve's episode to direct. And I might go to Kevin for a question. He'll be like, that's Steve's episode. Ask Steve. Ultimately, they could have a discussion behind my back or whatever. Or some, but the, the, there's clear lines drawn when it's someone's directing and someone's just the actor. I think it's different like with writing because they kind of always, they all collaborate on that. But I think that when someone's a director, that's the director. Agreed. 
But and there is a relationship between directors and actors as well that certainly plays out on set. But again, it sounds like they're practiced. This, as you said, about the roles and what it takes to get it done <laughs> on time. Tapping my wrist again to make sure that they stay. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they're clear about that. Well, talk to me about some of your favorite looks that came out of this process. Well, for me, I don't often get to do medieval hair. I did teach a period hair class for about four years in LA at a school called Mud Makeup Designery. So um, I longed to do it. Uh, so I was, I felt very lucky that I got to do that on this movie. Like the crowd scenes just had to, all the people had to be kind of disheveled looking, but you know, the, the main thing, like the Pope's wig, the queen's hair. I had so much fun doing Adrian Palicki's hair, especially the coronation scene that has that big, beautiful bun and all the accoutrement and the crown. I got to do all the research and, you know, collaborate with her and Kevin and um, some of the other guys on what their looks wanted to be. So my favorite, favorite look, Kevin's little uh, wiglet that he wore at the front was one of my favorite things that I did. And also the Queen's um, multiple looks that she had was really a lot of fun to execute. Amy, what about from the makeup side? For me, I mean, once we established the looks for like Duchamp and Quasi's like everyday look, it was just established. But then when we got into something like the Jester, where, you know, I had a little bit more creative outlet to start him off in one look. And then he slowly goes through this process of getting kind of tortured, you know, that was fun. And, you know, you don't have a lot of time. It, it was fast. So it was like on your feet. Okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? And um, what, what, what can take the less time, you know, through years of experience, you're like, okay, I can cut out that process to get to this process. I mean, the result I loved, but it's the process and getting me getting through those looks were really fun. And then obviously, you know, we had a prosthetic scrotum during one of the scenes that was really fun to design and get made. And then, of course, when it was happening, you know, I was just like praying that, you know, it wouldn't stretch and snap or, you know, these boys don't they just like assume whatever I give them, it's going to work. So they go at it and they go for it. <laughs> And it, and it did work. And I was really excited. And Jason Collins from Autonomous Effects helped me with that. And then we had the hump. Um, that was always a big undertaking to apply the hump. And we had different people working on it different days. Because as Lorna said, that we had, I had my people, but they couldn't work necessarily every day. So it was sort of like, okay, today, this person's going to help with the hump. And then tomorrow, we might not have them. And it was just a scheduling nightmare. But in the end, I think it like ended up looking really good. But it was another one of those where we're dealing with a foam piece and he's laying on it. And I'm like, oh, my God, let's do it. Let's not do the lay down scenes first because I don't want to compromise the integrity of the hump. And so there's just all these little challenges that when you watch the movie, you obviously don't see. But um, I think in the end that all it ended up great. I was I mean, I was happy with everything. I think everybody looked great and their looks were great. And, you know, everybody worked really hard to make sure. It looked great every day under the circumstances. Amy, when you brought up the jester, it reminded me, isn't that character, doesn't he get tarred and feathered at one point? Mm -hmm. I went yeah. from a makeup and order from my hair perspective. I mean, that's a huge thing. And it's really kind of a throwaway bit in the middle of the film that uh, all that extra effort on that look. Yeah, that was, you know, obviously, you know, he's wearing a costume that's been feathered. So 
that took up a lot of not me. I didn't, you know, didn't have anything to do with that, but his hands and his face and neck, you know, were, I mean, at least a hundred feathers all over him that again, he was miserable. <laughs> I have a couple <laughs> of videos of him. I'm like, how are you doing? It goes just great. But he's like, that's Steve. He like for the joke, he'll do anything to make sure the joke goes. And it was really fun. And I like, again, that was like one of my favorite looks is, is that look. Now you also brought up the prosthetic scrotum that plays a key part in the culminating scene of the movie. Talk to me a little bit more about this scene specifically, and that must have taken days to film. Well, Lorna, I'll let you take it, but I do know we started at like 2.30 in the morning on those days, right? Because we were shooting outdoors, we were daylight dependent, and it was during fall when you go, it gets lighter earlier. So we literally were shooting from sun up to sundown. So that in itself was a challenge, getting up and getting all this work done and getting all those people out in the dark, in the crack of dawn. So, but I think it just with Lauren and I, it's, it's just about timing. It's about scheduling. And I think that when you've done the dance, you just kind of make it work and you just know what's ahead and you know, like, okay, on set, we're going to have to change this person over. And, you know, they're really good about block. They, we shot certain parts over like a course of a day. It wasn't like the whole scene was being shot all in one day. So they really schedule it and make it as easy as possible. Lorna, what do you think? Yeah, I don't remember how many days that part of the movie took. I really don't feel like we had the luxury of it taking too long because <laughs> you know, the schedule was so tight. I feel like maybe the crowd scenes and those scenes with the with the scrotum maybe were only like four days out of the schedule. Yeah, I agree. But like it wasn't, it, we didn't have a lot of time for that. Again, I think... Kevin is such a smart director because he's constantly, which most directors are, and I have no idea how directors do this. They are thinking into the edit. And so we're seeing things that he knows in his head we will never see, but he wants to always get that piece to have it in the editing room in case. So, you know, I'd be going up and be like, well, but with that guy and then, you know, whatever the case is for hair. And he's like, don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. We're not going to, you know, so I love working with somebody that, first of all, allows me to approach them in the middle with a full on panic attack about somebody's wig. <laughs> and, you know, somebody that is really thinking, I mean, these guys have worked together for all of these movies that they've done. So he knows exactly what he has on his storyboard and he's just getting options. I, I do I do remember prior to filming those scenes, myself panicking because I had so many things going to be working in those scenes. I had the scrotum. I had, you know, Kevin beat up. Steve was kind of beat up too. And then we had the arrow in uh, Skullhansi's neck that ends up splurting blood. You know, so there's all these things. I'm like, okay, are we shooting it all in one day? Are we shoot Like for me, like, just like, it's the process. And a lot of times, you know, I'm the last to know because as much as they love us, there's more important things going on. And I was had a little bit of like, you don't understand like this. If we do this and we do this and do this all in one day, it's going to be a lot, but they already know that. And they schedule it to where it really is easy as possible on our team to get it right because they don't have a lot of time to wait. So they want 
you to be able to just focus on, let's say the arrow in the neck and the blood and, and the gag that, and then the next day it's just the scrotum. And they're just, they're just really great at that. I mean, I, I never felt overwhelmed to the point where it was too much in one day. Again, 30 days is really tight for a period piece with this much extra work going on behind the scenes. But again, both of you seem really enthusiastic about it. Not just the project how it came together, but the working environment itself. Yeah, I mean, we, we just can't talk more about, you know, being able to be with a group of people that you can be honest with, you can let your hair down with, you can get your work done with, all while like I said, friggin' cracking up. I mean, there's so many, there's so many stories to tell you, Skid, but. (laughs) I mean, I think like any environment, it starts at the head of the fish and we have really good leaders that really set an example. And I mean, I can just tell you, I know there's so many times where either of, you know, I mostly Kevin and Steve, because that's who we've worked closely with over the years, that they could be so stressed out and have their like want to pull their hair out, but they never are disrespectful. They always give us the attention. It's always hugs. It's always thank yous. It's always like, are you okay with that? Can I help you with anything? It's just, it's not, it, it, it can't ever be recreated. Like these guys are just, you know, they're just, they're our bosses, but they are our friends, I feel too. Well, clearly all the work that you guys have done here, aided by being in that kind of environment, uh, really necessary to make it work. This is a movie that in watching it and noticing, to watch it from the hair makeup perspective, all of these challenges are there. And again, though, in watching the film, it comes together really nice. So congratulations to both of you. Thank you very much. It was really fun. Well, on that note, we're going to call it a wrap. I really enjoyed you guys sharing these stories. Really glad to have you here today. Thanks so much for having us. Listeners, I always appreciate your feedback. You can find my contact info at our website, blowthelineoneword.biz. That's B-I-Z. You'll also find past episodes and links to all of our social media, so check it out. For both of you, you guys mentioned Tacoma FD coming back. Where else might we see your work? For me, I am taking, well, obviously we're taking a big break because of the writer's strike, a lot of us, but I also own a salon in Los Angeles for the last 13 years now, so I am working in the salon and uh, doing home improvement projects. So I don't have anything on the horizon unless Steve and Kevin and the Broken Lizard Troop invite us to Super Troopers 3. That is something I'm looking forward to as well. For me, right after we wrapped Tacoma, I went on to start a movie called Atlas. That's going, I'm not really sure when it's coming out, hopefully at the end of 2023, but it's um, it's a sci-fi movie with J-Lo starring in it. It looks like it's gonna be fun, but that was a, real, a lot of fun to work on too. And then of course, uh, Tacoma season four and a couple other things that, you know, I just helped out on, but not, I wasn't like a full-time person on, but it'll be coming out next year too. We'll watch for those. And if you guys want to come back and talk about them, you're always welcome here on the show. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. My closing credits. Thanks to Curtis Five for our music, John Juan for our logo, and to all our listeners, I appreciate you. Please rate us wherever you get your podcasts and tell your friends. Thanks again for Below the Line.